0: You're listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, a weekly show that explores social media marketing strategies that help business owners create connection and build community by focusing on manageable tasks that actually make a difference to your business goals. I'm your host, Andrea Jones. Let's get started. Hi, and welcome to episode number 88 of the Savvy Social Podcast. This show is brought to you by Social Report. Social Report is the world's most complete social media management tool, and it's my tool of choice when it comes to things like scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. You can try them out for yourself for free by going to socialreport.com. Before we dive into today's episode, I am so excited about the upcoming mentorship program that I'm launching very soon. So if you are a virtual assistant who specializes in social media, or you are a social media manager looking to up-level your business, then the mentorship program is for you. It gives you the resources you know to increase and improve your business in just 90 days. And our mission with this program is to give you the freedom, flexibility, and financial independence you crave to build a business that keeps you booked out and happy. And the biggest thing that I've discovered for myself in the process of growing a social media business is that transformation takes the right guy one who has been there before you one who's failed enough to know how bad that hurts and one who's successfully still running a social media business that's me and that's why I created the mentorship program I remember back when I did my first mentorship program with Afton Negrea, who I highly recommend if you're just starting in the freelancing space. Her mentorship program is amazing. Uh, And I would not have the business today if I didn't take that program. Uh, One of the things that she taught me that I want to pass along to you is how to get yourself embedded in your client's business so that they never want to leave you and they want to stick around forever. So if you're looking for a step-by-step process to building a social media business, if you want some hands-on guidance from someone who's walked this road before you, and if you're looking for the accountability and support to take things to the next level, then this is for you. The doors for the program are opening very, very soon. So make sure that you're on the wait list by going to onlinedrea.com mentorship. Today's guest is Lacey Boggs. We're talking all about leadership marketing with Lacey, and Lacey's just a genius when it comes to this. And in this episode, we talk about how important it is for business owners to avoid the temptation to follow what their peers are doing in marketing. We kind of explore Lacey's thoughts on how to create a process for deciding what your own strategy should be. You should be leading the way in your marketing. Now, for those of you who don't know Lacey, Lacey is a content strategist. She is the author of the Kindle best-selling ebook Make a Killing with Content. And she's the director of the Content Direction Agency. She helps personality-driven brands create and implement content marketing strategies tailor-made to support their customers and reach their goals. Make sure you stick to the end because Lacey has a special freebie just for savvy social podcast listeners. You can find the link to that free source by going to our show notes at onlinedrea.com slash podcast. Now let's dive into this epic interview with Lacey Boggs. Hey, Lacey, welcome to the show. Hey,
1: thank you so much for having me.
0: I'm super excited to pick your brain because I like the things that you're doing. Um, But let's start at the beginning a little bit because you started off ghost blogging. How did you get into that world?
1: (laughs) I tripped and fell into it. (laughs) Um, so I was actually, I was a journalist, uh, before this and I worked for a hyper local magazine here in Colorado. I was their food editor and the associate editor for the magazine. And then I got pregnant and I like being a food editor. Awesome job. You get paid to eat. It's amazing. And it was such a tiny operation that I was working 60 plus hour weeks and had to be there till like three in the morning when we had to get the magazine out. And it was just, I couldn't imagine doing that with an infant, and here in colorado um infant childcare is really expensive and so we did the math and realized that more than half of my annual salary at that job would go to putting my baby in daycare and i was like i'm going to pay half my salary not to see my kid like that seems crazy so um i decided to leave my job and i started out as a i was a food blogger i was like well that's what i do of course i'm going to start a food blog <laughs> that was very popular in 2011 too <laughs> and so um I did, and the blog did okay. Like, I was able to get like a thousand people on my email list in the first six months. I got offered um, guest posting gigs with some of uh, Martha Stewart's magazine's websites. It was doing really well, and I was making like zero money. I call it my three figure year because I made almost no money. <laughs> and so at the end of that year, my husband tacked me aside, and he was like, I love that you're staying home with our baby, and I need you to earn some more money. <laughs> and so he, um, he challenged me to triple my income. I guess I made four figures that first year. Uh, He challenged me to triple my income in the next year. And I said, it's okay. I have a new idea. I'm going to blog for other people. And he was like, yeah, sure. Whatever. Uh, (laughs) But it turned out there was a market for that. And so that's how I got started. Just, I hung out my shingle, called myself the ghost blogger because I figured there's gotta be people who don't want to write their own blog posts. So that's what I did. In the yeah.
0: beginning. <laughs> I love that you followed the need and and the money. That's always mm-hmm. important. I feel like sometimes we forget that part of the story when we're sharing our journey, and that like sometimes it's just because we need to make money. Like yeah. that's okay. That's okay.
1: <laughs> so how did that
0: transform into the agency that it is today?
1: It was very organic. So as I got bigger, um, I always wanted to be a mom first and a business owner second. So there was always a limit on how many hours. I mean, well, we all have that, right? There's only so many hours in the day. And so it got to a point, there were only so many blog posts I could write in a week. Uh, At one point I was writing 12 to 15 blog posts, 1500 words or so each a week for clients. And it got to where I couldn't do more, but I still had more demand. So I brought in my first subcontractor. And it just grew organically from there because our clients kept asking us for other things. So like they started asking for strategy. So I started educating myself so that I could help them with strategy. They would ask for SEO. So we brought in somebody who could do SEO. They asked for sales pages and we brought in somebody who is an expert at sales pages. So it, it's been very organic that way. And I've just been so lucky to find and partner with the women that I work with because I just really feel like I have a dream team (laughs) over here.
0: Yeah, the team is so important. I know I'm going through that myself, where, like, you know, our clients rely on us to have such a a great service delivered. Um, So, from your perspective, I just want to get into the content marketing piece for a little bit. Um, You said you educated yourself on the strategy side of things. What does that look like when you're working with a client? And the reason I'm asking is we have quite a few listeners who are podcasters, bloggers, YouTubers, and we all have questions about the strategy side of things thing. So tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So back in the day when my clients first started asking me about this, I was like, I don't know. So I started taking every course I could find um, on marketing and content marketing in particular. And so I spent thousands and thousands of dollars and hundreds of hours going through these courses. And I started having some very strong opinions of my own about what worked and what didn't and started testing it with my own blog and with my clients blogs with their permission, of course, and, and started to build my own um, idea of how content marketing strategy can work. And so our big soapbox, my big soapbox is that content marketing is useless if it isn't tied to your bigger business goals. So we could write the very best article in the whole wide world for you. And if it isn't actually aligned with your business goals, it's not going to move the needle. It's not going to do anything for your business. And so I'm the blogging expert who tells people don't blog unless you have a plan. Like there's no point you're wasting your time and energy unless it's part of a bigger plan and part of a bigger strategy. So what we do now with clients is we always start with strategy um, and I walk them through, okay, tell me about your business goals. What are we trying to accomplish right now or in the next 90 days or in the next six months? And then we say, okay, how can content support that? What are the metrics we need to look at to know if it's working? And then then we come up with the awesome blog post ideas. Because I can come up with ideas all day. Like, that's the fun part. But if the ideas aren't aligned with what we want the people to be doing, then they're not going to do any good for the business, right? So I always talk about it's stepping stones in a river. Each piece of content is like a rock in the river, And your client's on one side and the sale's on the other side. And if the rocks aren't in a line, if they're not lined up, if they don't make sense, if they're not close enough together, your person's going to fall off and rush rush down the river and never to be seen again. (laughs) But if you line them up correctly, if you have a strategy, if you put them in there intentionally, people are much, much more likely to get to the other side.
0: I love the river analogy. I love that so much because I think it it really puts a picture to everything that you're talking about with that being aligned. And I think that can definitely be a a, a sign to a social media strategy as well. Hmm. So I want to shift to that a little bit because I love your weekly Facebook Live videos. So tell us how those kind of came to fruition and the structure of
1: them. Sure. Um, I resisted them for a long time. I will be the first to say, Um, I resisted doing video in general. I always thought I'm a words person. Uh, This is what we do for clients. So I need to walk my talk. I need to write my blog posts and do that, which I still do. And I decided that there was a whole audience I wasn't reaching who were never going to read a blog post, right? because they just don't have time. They don't make time. That's not how they choose to consume media, whatever it is. And so uh, at the beginning of this year, 2019, we're, we're recording this in 2019. So at the beginning of 2019, I um, made, made the decision to do a weekly Facebook Live. And my plan was to um, just get on and talk about whatever people wanted me to talk about. But what happened instead was that I wasn't really getting the Q&A Uh, interaction that I wanted in those first few videos. So I started just talking about the topic that I was blogging about that week. And what happened was that was a really great way to spread the message um, of what I wanted to talk about that week, my content strategy, to a different medium. So it was like, I didn't have to come up with a whole new topic. I was just repurposing what I was already talking about because In my experience, most of the time, people were either going to watch the video or read the blog post, but probably not both. So it didn't actually matter that I was saying the same things. And then what I also started doing was I would take the code of the Facebook Live video after it was done and embed it in the blog post. So then people could choose whether they wanted to read or watch or some of both or skim, whatever. But this way I'm reaching a different segment of my audience. And it's also been very beneficial in terms of engagement on my Facebook page and things like that.
0: Yeah. I love the repurposing of the content too. And I think sometimes when we start off into marketing, whether it's social media or content marketing, we think we have to create everything from scratch and that's where we get exhausted. Mm -hmm. And you actually took something you were already talking about and just reformatted it into the weekly
1: live show. So uh, can you share with us some of the success you've had from the show? Sure. Yeah. Um, so I definitely have seen my engagement on my Facebook page go up dramatically. I've also, um, I was going to just look up the numbers real quick for you. I wrote them down. So the last time I checked, I've had more than 7,500 video minutes viewed just this year since January. So we're in November right now. So that's what nine and a half or no, ten and a half months of of weekly videos, so that's pretty. That feels pretty good to me. And um, I have created a retargeting audience on Facebook that I haven't used yet. But the idea being that may, per, perhaps in 2020 I will be using that retargeting audience um, because I'm already warmed up to those people, right? If I know they've watched whatever it is, three minutes or five minutes of a video, they're engaged, they're, they're listening to what I have to say, not just three seconds. Like I think you can target three seconds, but that's not useful to me. But that way I will have a very engaged audience if I can retarget with ads um, next year if I choose to.
0: Yeah, I think that's so powerful too to kind of collect the attention and give them an offer for something that you know, may be very helpful to them. hmm So as we move into 2020, I know one of the things that you're really talking about a lot is leadership and leadership marketing. So can you tell us where this idea kind of was birthed
1: from? Yeah. You are probably seeing this too, but I'm seeing a lot of um, sort of out there in the zeitgeist in the online world people are talking about, oh, this thing that I've done for the last four years, five years, suddenly isn't working the way it used to be. And I'm seeing this with people talking about, oh, my webinar is not converting the way it used to be. Or I have this evergreen funnel that just sort of started declining. It used to convert really well and now it doesn't. Or I have this Facebook ads funnel that used to work really well, but now it's so expensive. I can't make it work anymore. And I keep seeing these uh, examples, these stories of people are like, well, I used so-and-so's system and it used to work really great and now it doesn't. And I think what I am taking away from that is that our audiences are getting a lot more savvy and the things that are oversaturated are, are slowing down and they're not working as well anymore. So, you know, all these people out there who in the last four or five years were selling frameworks or blueprints or whatever it was to do a thing. Here's how to get your webinar to convert. Here's the great email sequence. Here's how to launch with three videos and a webinar and whatever, right? Um, they, They worked for a reason, right? They became so popular because they worked. So I'm not throwing shade at any of those, but the idea is that they have become so oversaturated that our audiences know exactly what to expect, right? When they see oh, come watch my three video sequence. They're like, nope, thanks. I don't have time for that. Right. Or they see an ad, but they're not convinced by it because of whatever they've been burned in the past or something else. Um, the point is (laughs) we have to start thinking outside of the box a little bit. And what I want to challenge people to do is you're a leader in your industry. You wouldn't be a business owner if you weren't, right? You, you are a leader. You would still be in the cubicle nation if you weren't a leader. But your marketing is not reflecting that. Your marketing is following the crowd. Your marketing is doing the same thing everything else is, everybody else is doing. So I really want to challenge people, like, where is your leadership marketing Sweet spot, right? What are the things you don't have to follow the exact blueprint or the exact formula that everybody else is doing in order to see success? In fact, you'll probably see more success if you switch it up a little, right? (laughs) And I bet you see this a lot in social media too.
0: Yeah, I do. I mean, everyone's talking about you know video, 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 but I think it's there's a huge space for quality right now and there's Mm -hmm. a huge space for personalization and I think like you said people are becoming savvy to you know automated webinars and these Mm -hmm. email sequences that feel like disingenuous and I think there's just a lot of space for that and it was um earlier in the podcast, maybe two weeks ago, we interviewed Kyla Roma, who was talking about her recent launch, where she actually put her phone number and got on the phone with people and talked Mm -hmm. to them. And they were like, whoa, a real person, not some automation. And Mm -hmm. I actually think that there's a lot of space for that. Um, I think we, you know, we ask a lot of people sometimes with our marketing funnels, we're asking like, big numbers. Uh, we're asking people to exchange their money for something. Uh-huh. And so any way we can build trust, I think is a foundation of that, whether it's through a webinar, whether it's through video, I mean, that's up to you to figure out how it is for you. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely see a huge shift in that leadership marketing. Um, uh-huh. I guess my question for you would be what shifts have you made in your business to kind of be more of that leader?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It, that's a really great question. I think it's all about tailoring the outreach and the content you're producing to three things. Um, the first one is what is the data telling you? Where are your people actually? What's converting? Where are your people actually hanging out? What does the data say? Not just guessing. <laughs> to what is authentic to your brand and you personally. And three, what do your people want to hear? And so when you find that sort of confluence of those three things, that's where your leadership marketing strategy comes out. For me, uh, my people love to hear my, they love to get my email newsletter. I have data that shows it's very engaging. Um, They really like long-form blog posts from me because that's what they've come to expect. But I'm also noticing that they, I get a lot of engagement on my Facebook page when I post funny memes about cheese or about grammar or about just funny, dumb stuff about being a writer. I get a lot of engagement that way and I get known that way and then it helps boost the algorithm to show the stuff I, I really want them to see. <laughs> but yes. it's a part of my personality. It's a part of my brand. And it's done, I'm doing it strategically. I started out just doing it kind of for fun to see what would happen. Because let me just tell you, my my Facebook engagement at the time was like nothing. It was zero. And so I started posting memes and stuff just to try to see what would happen. And what happened was, oh, the engagement shot way up. And then I started seeing more clicks, more comments on like my actual blog posts or actual things I was saying about the business, not just about... Cheese, my I keep using the cheese because I had a post about cheese go totally viral. It reached like eighty thousand people or something. Oh my god! It was insane. And so then I I was like, okay, cheese. Who knew? (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think my business has nothing to do with cheese. I like the stuff you post about
0: being a grammar, like, grammar police. Um, Yes. I saw you posted, like, your
1: Halloween costume next year is going to be, like, a grammar officer. (laughs) Yeah, that one. And the back of the t-shirt, it said grammar police on the front. And the back of the t-shirt said to correct and serve. (laughs) I just was like, oh, my God, that's so funny. I love it.
0: And I love the personality you're bringing, too. Um, This is more of, like, a question just because I'm personally curious. Yeah. You're, you're very much the face of your, your company and your agency, and you definitely put your, your business out that way. Um, how do you educate your audience or potential clients on the fact that it's not just you delivering the service, you've got a team? And yes, I'm asking this totally selfishly, but yeah. I'm sure there's people out there who would be curious.
1: It's funny you ask that because... Um... So this, the brand that I have now is about five years old. And when I did the branding, um, my genius brand strategist, Sarah Ancolmo Ashman of Public Persona, there you go, a little shout out. Um, she said, we're branding for the business you want in five years. And I was very, very uncomfortable putting my face with those glamour shots all over my website. <laughs> but, and we, we decided to name it Content Direction Agency. Um, part of it was a play on the idea of a detective agency, which is what my branding is. But part of it was that she could see and even more than I could, that I was growing in that direction. So we've only really been an agency in terms of having several people working besides me for the last year or two. And I've, I've actually struggled a little bit with that, that you're asking about, because I am the face of the brand. Um, What's fascinating is that when customers come to us, when I have sales calls and things like that, nobody, I've literally had zero people be put off by the fact that I say, okay, well, I'll do your strategy and then we'll have a writer come in and produce the blog post for you. Nobody cares. Everybody's cool with that. They're like, yay, awesome. Um, And I think I do need to do a better job of, of promoting the fact that we have an awesome team. So some things I'm doing really consciously right now I'm using the royal we more often. I'm talking about us and we instead of I a lot more often. Um, I'll still say I when it's my personal opinion, but I'll talk about we serve clients by this or we do that so that people understand that there's more than one person. Um, We're building a team page on the website that will be part of the about page so that people will see more quickly that there's other people besides me. Um, and because a lot of my team are, are subcontractors and they own their own businesses, we're actually, this is brand new. Um, nobody else knows about this, but we're actually talking about doing a show, uh, a YouTube live show that will be a rotating, um, what do I want to say? Like rotating combinations of of us on on the CDA team talking about different things. So one week, it might be me and Meg Casebolt talking about SEO. One week, it might be Meg and Jamie DeBose of Zemplicity talking about analytics or something totally different. And we're just going to have these like marketing chats that will be under the CDA umbrella, but will also showcase all of our businesses. Um, I'm very much of the opinion that We don't need to try to grab a bigger slice of the pie. We just bake a bigger pie. And so I'm all about co-promoting all of our businesses that are under this umbrella. You know, all of the gals that work with me are geniuses in their own right. And I'm so lucky that they want to be part of Team CDA that um, I'm really excited to promote them in tandem. Some of our biggest Facebook lives this year were when I brought people on. So like we, Meg and I did one about SEO and uh, Beth Hayden and I did one. And those were some of the most popular videos where we were just like chatting (laughs) about Mm -hmm. things.
0: Oh, I love that idea. So bringing your team and getting them more involved in mm-hmm. the Facebook Lives and just being more present in the business as well. Yeah. I absolutely love that. So for those who are listening and they're like, yes, I love everything. I want to work with Lacey. Where is a good place for them to start kind of an
1: entry point into your world and your philosophies? Sure. So We created a landing page just for you guys. So you can go to LaceyBoggs.com slash social, all one word. And um, on there, you'll see there's a couple of options of ways you can get started with us. I have my editorial calendar template on there for you guys for free. This is the exact same template I use with my one-on-one clients. Um, It's how we build an editorial calendar. There's a video that goes with it that'll teach you how to use it. Um, There's also my case studies. So if you're interested in what we can accomplish through content together, you can download that. And then there's a little button that says schedule a call with Lacey. So if you know you want to work with us, you just hit that button and fill out the form and and we'll get on a call together.
0: Awesome. Fantastic. And I'm going to put that link in the show notes. You guys definitely go check that out because Lacey is a smart cookie. You'll want to be in her
1: world. Um, Where else can we connect with you online? Promote your socials. Sure. So I am on Facebook. That's like my main channel probably. And it's still branded (laughs) from my old branding. So if you go to facebook.com slash ghostbloggergb, all one word, or you can just look me up, Lacey Boggs and the Content Direction Agency. But that's the that's the URL. I'm also on LinkedIn, um, and I am on Instagram sometimes, but I'm not very I'm not very good at Instagram. I probably need to hire you to help me.
0: <laughs> that's okay. Hey, my philosophy is just pick one and you're rocking it on Facebook. Yeah, so. that's where I hang out most of the time.. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lacey, for joining us today.
1: My absolute pleasure, thank you.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the Savvy Social Podcast. For links and additional resources, visit our website, SavvySocialPodcast.com. And before you go, I want to invite you to access our free course. Yes, 100% free. It's the best way to jumpstart your social media strategy this year. You can find it at OnlineDrea.com slash free. That's all for this week. Bye for now.